There's nothing worse than walking into a room and being hit by a bad smell or an air freshener trying to mask the smell. Azunafresh is an antimicrobial plant-based odor eliminator. Yeah, it's not an air freshener at all. I actually use this. I have this in every single room in my house, which is amazing. I have it in my kitchen. I have it in my bathroom. I have it in the kids' room upstairs. It just eliminates the odors, which is awesome. Instead of masking it, it's just gone. No odors. And it's not like a candle or anything or one of those plug-ins, right? No, no. Each jar lasts for 60 to 90 days, and their convenient refill pouches help you save money and plastic because you just refill the little container you already have. Best of all, Azunafresh actually eliminates bacteria, mold, mildew, and fungus from the air. Yeah, and there's no weird chemicals or toxins, which is great because, like I said, I have it around my kids, so I feel safe. So guess what? Right now, I got a special offer for my listeners, 20% off your purchase. Go to azunafresh.com today and use promo code Howie for 20% off your new favorite odor eliminator. That's promo code H. O-W-I-E at A-Z-U-N-A fresh.com. And we is here. This is Howie Mandel on Howie Mandel Does Stuff with my co-host and my lovely daughter. You could say your name. Jacqueline Schultz. You're so good at that. I am I so proud. As a parent, you get pr- you're proud of things that your children do, even if it's it doesn't take any skill. I'm not in a great mood. I'll be honest with you. Why? Okay, so because I live in L.A., you know, and and driving, I, I was driving into here to do the podcast. I do the podcast from my uh, studio at my office. And uh, th- th- this is not going to, I don't even think this is a great story, but I'm telling you why I'm in a bad mood. So I have to exit. It doesn't matter if you don't live in LA, you won't know that. But I exit at a street. I'm driving on the 101 freeway and I exit at a street called Balboa. Okay. The the exit right before you get to Balboa is a street or an exit called White Oak. Right. So I pass White Oak. I'm on the 101 heading toward Balboa. I pass the ramp that you get off prior to Balboa. And as soon as you pass that ramp, there's a sign saying the next ramp is closed. Wouldn't it be like, I'm telling you like 200 yards, if they would have went on this side of White Oak and said that the Balboa ramp is closed, I would have exited at White Oak. Do you you understand what I'm saying? It was too late. It's too late. It's like, and this is wrong, but it's like, um, it's like you're dating, you know, and you're, ha- I'm just imagining, and you're having sex. And as soon as you finish, she says, you're going to have to pull out. It's too late. That's my analogy. It's, for It's the- not the same thing. Why? It's weird and gross. Well, because you could just get off at the next exit and turn around. Why are you so upset by this? Because shouldn't you know beforehand, just like you should know that you have to pull out before? Okay, we'll have sex, but you're going to have to pull out. Don't tell me to pull out after we have sex. The thing is, if once I pass the off-ramp, don't tell me that I can't have the next, that I can't use the next ramp. It's not the same thing? No. I could just imagine right now that this happened to you while you're driving and then you're like, all right, I'm going to think of a joke for this. And then the whole way over here, you were thinking of that joke and you were going to say it. I don't think it went over well. I don't think it's the same thing. First of all, who asked you to review (laughs) what I'm mad at? Number one. And number two, it's not a joke. I am really angry about it. And I didn't think of that joke until I just sat down. I, I knew that I was angry about getting off the ramp. But uh, had I thought about the pulling out joke in dating, I probably, if there was any thought given to it, I wouldn't have done it because it's, as I realize as I'm doing it, it's uncomfortable talking about pulling out and the only two people on this are me and my daughter. Ooh. I feel like it's time for you to talk about that with your therapist. Really? (laughs) You shouldn't be getting, yeah. There's no way you should be getting that mad or that angry. You've lived in LA for how long? Does that not happen all the time? I I have a, I'm having a tough time. You know, uh, the pandemic 
is, uh, you know, exacerbating any issues, any mental health issues that I had prior to this, you know, and we've talked about this and we talk about it personally offline and it's really, really hard. And I find that, uh, one of the results is that I, um, I, uh, my emotions are like on edge. So when I think something is ridiculous, I probably get angrier quicker than I ever did before the pandemic. How are you dealing with the, you also are in therapy. Yeah. Uh, I started going to therapy again. I mean, I've been in therapy on and off my whole life, but I've always gone for different things. And you know, this dad, I started when I was a little girl because I was nuts and crazy and we went to like family therapy and then we stopped or I stopped and then I went again for anxiety. But recently I started going again because my anxiety has been really, really bad lately. And I think a lot of people's has because of the pandemic, but I already suffered from anxiety. So it's like tenfold and I am having a really hard time managing going back into the world. You know, I saw someone post and I shared it with you. I saw someone post that the beginning of the pandemic was easier. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but it was easier because everyone was on board with the same thing. Everyone knew we had to hunker down. Everyone knew we were in this together and there was the hashtag stay home. Now that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and people are getting vaccinated and they're starting to reopen some businesses and schools and stuff, I'm finding it really difficult to be on a totally different pace than a lot of other people. Like everyone is entering back into society and feeling comfortable with different things. And I am really, really struggling with that. Oh, you know, I I know I feel horrible, but I am also. And it's kind of like my analogy is like if you like swimming and you go to the pool, but the water's a little cold, like it's really easy for if, if everybody's swimming and uh, we all have to get out of the water. We can all get out of the water at once. But then if we have to get into the water, which is getting into real life, you know, you got to get used to it. So some people just dip their toe in or they splash their body a little bit. Like, how do you get in the water? Then there's people that can just t- just not even, they take their shirt off and they run and dunk themselves in the water. Didn't you even want to check how cold it was? I'm the neurotic guy too. Like, I felt like so brave that, that I went to a drive through Starbucks, <laughs> you know? And in my mind, I went out. I feel like I missed out today and I actually can't wait to go home after this podcast because I did not eat my Magic Spoon cereal yet today. And I feel like this has been such a big part of every day. I start my morning usually with Magic Spoon because it's guilt-free. Um, but I didn't get a chance to eat it. So I'm looking forward to going home and actually having a bowl of my it's, magic It lives spoon. up to its name. Yeah. It's like magic in a spoon because we all love cereal in the morning, right? Really sweet, sugary cereal. That's what we all grew up on. And this tastes as good, the same, except it's healthy. It's got zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Plus, I'm trying to watch my calories and be healthier altogether. So there's only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free. It's just a healthy alternative to cereal. It comes in that variety pack. There are four flavors. There's cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Yeah, which I've said a billion times. I mix them, and I love it mixed. You haven't said that a billion times. No, I've said it a bunch of times to you. I love the cocoa and the peanut butter mixed together. Right. And it tastes like the regular cereal, except it's healthy, right? Yeah, it's great. Okay, so what do they do? How do they get this? You have to go to magicspoon.com slash Howie to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure you use our promo code Howie at checkout to save $5 off your order. You know what? Mm -hmm. They're so confident in the product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. I'm not backed with a happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason... They'll refund your money, no question asked. That's awesome. So remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Howie and use the code Howie to save $5 off. I know that most of you are listening. Maybe some of you are uh, watching on YouTube. Guess what? What? I've got me undies on. Cool. <laughs> I just like saying that. What do you got under your pants? Me undies. <laughs> I got me undies. And they're made out of sustainable, breathable, soft as heck 
fabric. It's comfortable. It's really comfortable. And and they come in different styles. As we've talked about before, it's like odd because the lovely people at MeUndies, who are one of our sponsors, uh, wanted to send us a pair so that we're not just talking about it. We're actually MeUndie wearers. Yeah, no, I've tried them. I love them. MeUndies offers classic colors and also ridiculous prints. I like the classic colors, but I've seen all the ridiculous prints. They're not ridiculous. They're fun. They're festive. I like them. MeUndies are also available in a range of sizes, all the way from extra small to 4XL. Never leave your couch again without a MeUndies membership that sends new pairs right to your door. Each month, you'll choose new undies, socks, or a bralette and pick the style and color print that feels the most you. Fun, right? Oh, I can't think of a better way to spend a day than to choose my undies, my socks, <laughs> and my bralette. Plus, you can enjoy discounted- love, Love your butt. And get the membership. Plus, you can enjoy discounted pricing, free shipping, and exclusive early access to new launches. Me Undies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. Ooh. To get your 15% off your first order and Ooh. free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash Howie. This feels sustainable. That's MeUndies.com slash Howie. Ooh, these are so soft. For me in particular, and I don't think that you have this issue, even though we both suffer from anxiety, I have anxiety about anxiety. Like, it's not even the getting back out there and perhaps coming in contact with something like coronavirus or whatever it is. It's not even that. It's like, I don't want to put myself in situations that's going to give me anxiety or panic attacks, and I want to avoid them. So I get anxiety about getting anxiety. Is that well, weird? Is that no, crazy? No, uh, I'll tell you why. Because people who uh, have followed me throughout the years know that I don't shake hands, right? I can <laughs> shake hands. What my fear of shaking hands is, is that one time when I shake somebody's hand, and it's happened before in my life, and that triggers me. You know, it, not every time I could shake, you know, throughout the years I, before I was open enough to talk about it, I was shaking people's hands on my talk show, on uh, everywhere that I wa was, everywhere that I went, because I was afraid to say, no, I don't want to shake your hand, or I would come up with ridiculous, one time I had my hand in a sling because I didn't want to shake people's hands, but they would reach for the other hand. And then walking around with two slings just looked ridiculous. But, but the thing is, the reason I don't shake hands is because I'm afraid that you'll trigger my OCD. So it's my fear of being triggered to, being, to be put in fear. It's the exact same thing. So I'm just protect. That's my yeah. visual way of uh, kind of doing that. Boy, this is getting deep. And then, hold on, I have one more thing. Oh, no. And then. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, am I triggering you right now no, by having no, this conversation? No, I'm not triggered. Look at this. But, okay. uh, you know, out of our 17 potty people, like, I'm sure there are yeah. people that are listening to this who are now triggered. But go ahead. It's I'm okay. sorry. There's we help out like there. like a trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, this is like a this. verbal uh, strobe light for people who have, <laughs> you know, you know how they warn, they warn people with strobe lights if you have epilepsy. I think it's epilepsy that strobe lights can kind of trigger mm -hmm. that. The hardest thing for me too, and I'd imagine it's the same for you because you had us as kids and you also have mom that doesn't struggle with the same issues, um, is if it were just me and I was alone or even just with my husband, Alex, who has the same issues that I have, or he has OCD as well, then we would create an environment that we feel comfortable in. But because we have children, we can't really do that. Like my kids have to go to school. My kids have to have play dates. My kids have to be normal kids. I don't want to shelter them in this little bubble because of my own anxieties and my fears. Right. So that's why I'm like forced to go to therapy and deal with it and wait, work wait, on wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Is this your way of telling what? you that I telling me that I fucked up? Cuz look at you. <laughs> and you had to go to school and you had to have a normal life and now here you are on <laughs> broadcasting the fact that I fucked up. Is that what you're telling me? I'm not saying you did. And not you in so many words. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Because that's what I'm taking from this. No, you weren't actually even the one that was around as much. It was mom. And mom doesn't wait, have Wait, 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 wait. So now you're shaming me for not being around. I didn't spend enough time with you? Is that what you're saying? You we're not going to be able to resolve. This is supposed to be a fun podcast where people are laughing. 
Did I ruin? I'm, I didn't win. I didn't. I'm not going to win an award as parent of the year. You know okay, what? I just got it in then. real we can time. talk about something else. No, we won't. Uh, well, I just got a message from your mom who's apologizing. She said for being rude to me when I was leaving. She said because she was in the middle of some uh, big thing at work and I was, and she was dealing with that and she was rude to me. That, here's the thing that bothers me. I didn't know she was rude to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> But I'm going to go. But you should take this, take it and run. Take it and run. <laughs> no, what do I do? Do I go, no, that's okay, honey. I had no idea she was rude. She said goodbye. She said she seemed, the point is that she seemed the same as she's always is toward me. Like I didn't notice. <laughs> that's horrible to say. Remember I used to do that. This is pre-COVID. But, you know, I love to prank and I love to just make people feel awkward. And after movies, like everybody just lines up and goes into the bathroom and there'd be like, you know, three urinals and there'd be like three guys at the urinal totally, you know, immersed in whatever they were doing. I don't know what that means, immersed in whatever. They were peeing. But I would go between two guys where it's just a wall. And it's not like they could leave. They're in the middle of pissing. And they'd be looking at me in horror. Like, what the fuck are you doing? There's a wall there. The other thing I used to do was if there was, <laughs> if there was a, one urinal uh, empty between, uh, next to a guy, I would pull down my pants around my ankles and lean in backwards as if I was going to take a shit in the urinal. And it's, it's just funny to watch a stranger go, no, no, go in the booth. Go in the booth. And then I used to talk in, about my act in, in the cubicle. I used to wait. A couple of things I used to do. This is old. I used to do it in my act. The other thing I did is after a movie, I would go into the cubicle and I'd wait till I saw legs in the next cubicle. And I would have bought a chocolate bar and I'd rub the chocolate all over my hand. And then I would stick my hand underneath to their cubicle. Stranger, excuse me, you got any toilet paper in there? And you'd hear them scream because I had chocolate. It's called a stall, by the way, not a cubicle. It's called a stall. (laughs) Depends what you do in there. I was voting. You waited this deep into the story for me to call it a stall or a cubicle? Because I wanted to let you go. I didn't want to interrupt your story. I'm Canadian. In Canadian, we don't. A stall is where you keep horses. The cubicle is where you shit and piss. I don't think that's right. You can't just use the excuse that you're Canadian. I don't think that's right. It's stall everywhere. I'm, okay, I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Where do Jews shit? What are you waiting for? Eh. Anyway, the other uh, thing that I used to do was I used to fill up a little cup of water, a Dixie cup of water, and I used to wait in the, what do you want me to call it, a stall? I used to wait mm-hmm. in the stall. I used to wait in the stall. <laughs> And somebody would normal word. What? (laughs) It's a normal word. It is not. It is not. It is. I was in the stall. Where were you? I went in the to the stall. That you're making it seem like it's not a normal word. It is a normal word. You shit in the stall. I was shitting in the stall. I shat. I shat in the stall. In the stall. Yeah. No. No. Anyway, so um, somebody goes into the next stall. And I would see legs in the next stall, and then I'd start making inappropriate noises. And if you're listening in your car, I would take my earbuds out now. Or if you're listening in a public place, take your earbuds out now and put this on your speaker, because I think people next to you, strangers, should hear this. But I would be in the stall going, oh, 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 oh. And it would get, you could feel the discomfort of the person in the next stall. Like they're three feet from you, even though there's a wall. And we go, oh, oh, oh. And then I would take the, the water, the little cup of water. They wouldn't see it. I'd take it and I'd go, oh. And I would splash it down on the floor so that it would splash into the next stall. And you'd see their feet go up. Like what the fuck is, what fluid, what fluid is this? Where did this come? And I'm going, oh, oh. And then I would get up and I'd leave, but I'd be standing someplace in the bathroom and I could look under the stall and there was no dry spot. That person would have their 
their pants around their ankles, their feet up in the air, like hovering over this puddle that I had made. And it's not like they could put their foot down to pull their pants up. They'd be trapped. And you could hear them in there just trying to figure out this, oh, shit. Oh, 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 oh. And I'd be going, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I don't know what I ate. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) so that's what I did. I did that a lot. You also used to take um, Alex, my brother, into the stall or into the bathrooms and have him pee in the urinal and you would hold him and you guys would make boats together and put the boat in the urinal. How come it always sounds embarrassing when you recount like what I've done? But but it's just uh, the one thing I do remember because I'm such a germaphobe. You know, we used to go to here in California. There's a a great place to spend the weekend. You can go down to Venice Beach. And in Venice Beach, you go along the the boardwalk and there's, uh, you know, street musicians and artists and I used to always buy, like, there's a sunglass hut. It's not the sunglass hut. It's a sunglass stand. And you can buy, like, all these wacky sunglasses for $5 and $2 and $3. And I always wore these sunglasses. Now, Alex is, you know, 31 now. So he was maybe two at the time. So we're talking about 29 years ago. It's the first time my wife said, you know what? You're always losing your sunglasses. We always have to go to Venice and buy a new pair. Why don't for the first time, why don't you buy some nice sunglasses? And we were at the Century City Mall. I'll never forget this. And I bought for the first time in my life, I spent like over $200 on a pair of sunglasses. Never to do that again. I don't do that now. Um, But um, so I spent $200 and then we go to the restaurant, and there, they don't have it there anymore. It's Sensory City Mall. Steven Spielberg opened up a restaurant. It was like a submarine. It was called Dive. I think it was called Dive. Dustin, were you living in LA when Dive was here? No. Okay, so it was called Dive, and the whole, the, do you remember it, Jackie? It was so cool. The whole thing was set up like a submarine, and, and you know, the, the windows were portholes, and everything was like a, a submarine. So when you went into the bathroom, in the, in the men's room, they had the urinals that were made out of this metallic, they were, it looked like a part of a submarine that you would urinate in, and then on top of the, each urinal was those handles like a periscope. You could look into the, into the periscope. So my son liked that. He was just two. He was potty, somewhat potty trained, but he wanted to always just go in the bathroom and look in the periscope. I had just bought these glasses. And at two years old, he wasn't tall enough to stand. The, the urinal, the bottom of it went, was on the wall. It wasn't one of those that went right to the floor. So I had to pick him up to go to the urinal. I remember picking him up, holding him in front of me, and, you know, just holding him, undoing his zipper. He took out his um, penis and uh, I'm, <laughs> he's hovering over the, you know, and I'm holding him and aiming him into the urinal, looking over his shoulder. As I look over his shoulder, my brand new $200 pair of glasses slip off my face into the urinal, public urinal, and he's pissing all over it, giggling. He's pissing on my glasses. And uh, he finishes, and I put him down, and I wash his hands, and I wash my hands, and he says, Daddy, your glasses. And I go, don't, shh, don't say anything about my glasses. I don't want those glasses anymore. I'm not going to touch those glasses. And please, no matter what mommy says, don't mention the glasses. So I come out with him. We sit down, and the minute I sit down, he goes, Daddy left his glasses in there. I go, Alex, don't <laughs> say that. She goes, where are your glasses? We just bought $200 glasses so I wouldn't lose my glasses. I go, I didn't, I don't, I don't know. She goes, where are your glasses? I go, I'm going to be honest with you, honey. I, I dropped them in the urinal. She goes, well, go get them. I go, go get them. I'm not going to touch the urinal. And which she thought was ridiculous because I always collected those little cubes that they put in there that smell nice. Even <laughs> no matter what, if I see those, I just grab those and take those home, put them in my pocket. No, I don't. But anyway, she goes, you're going to, uh, you got to go get them. Those are $200 right there. You don't just leave them in the toilet. I go, I'm not going to fucking touch the glasses. It's not even Alex's piss. It's everybody who's ever pissed here. Kind of like STDs. You're not only with the one you're, le- you're with everybody that they've been with. So that's what my glasses were. I'm not going to, she goes, you'll take them and I'll boil them. I go, but until you boil them, how do we get them from the urinal to the boiling station that you have apparently someplace? So so she goes, you go get them. I go, I'm not going to get them. Anyway, we had a big fight because I wasted $200 in the toilet. This is the part that bothered me. We finish our um, 
we finish our main course and we're going to order dessert. And we've been sitting there for about a half hour. Our waiter comes to the table wearing my glasses. I, I, I look up and I go, well, where, 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 where'd, you, where'd you get these? Those are nice glasses. Where'd you get those glasses? And he goes, I found them. And this is the, f- he's handling my food. He's handling my dessert. He's wearing my piss soaked glasses on his face. I just that screamed. Why we didn't go back? I never went back and I screamed like a little yeah. girl. <laughs> I never went back. That's, the, that's a horrible, horrible, not funny story. It's just ridiculously, that shit happens to me all the time. Mom says she's apologizing that she was rude to me. I'm going to call her. Should we deal with family problems live on the air without knowing what's happening? I don't know. This has been the podcast about therapy, so go for it. Terry? I am here. Okay, a couple things. Um yeah. I said, and I'm going to be honest with you, you just called and apologized. You said, sorry for being rude to me, right? And this is what I said, yeah. to, I said to everybody, and I'm being absolutely serious. I didn't know, I didn't know you were rude to me. I didn't, you're apologizing for acting rude to me, and I didn't feel like you were acting any different than normal. Well, then I take it back. Well, that's <laughs> well, that's that's just rude. If you're going to apologize, well, you know, you know, when you were walking out, yeah. uh, you said goodbye, and I turned and gave you a face <laughs> because some, you, oh, I didn't you know. You don't have to tell what you were. You don't have to tell what you were uh, mad <laughs> no, at. No, let her tell. No, let let her tell. I'm, I'm going to tell you because usually you come in here and try jokes out on me, and I thought, oh no, not another one. I know, and you're not. Uh, can I be? Audience, can I be honest? And not a good audience. She goes. No, like, I'm not a good audience. Not at you all. You need to try it out on the people at home. Try your jokes out there, Howie. There's nobody try them there. To, on Jackie and Dustin. <laughs> no, on the on all of the people at home that are going to listen. So there's to what you. I've been you writing can... stuff, and I have no clubs to go to, and everything. So I go Terry, and that's my wife's name. That's her name. Is this funny? And then I'll say. You know, whatever I say, bop, 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 right? Whatever I say. And then she always answers with the exact same answer. She goes, was that the joke? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you can't even identify it, then no. No, it wasn't. (laughs) I guess guess you're starting to... Think twice about going on stage now because of me. Yeah, you've taken. I have no. Uh, my self esteem is confidence. in the, no confidence. No confidence. And and you tell me that not only is it not funny, you don't even identify them as jokes. Like it's okay to say, "Hey, that's a joke. I don't love it or I don't get it." But you question the fact that it's not even a joke. Well, it's a good thing I do that, right? Why? I'm, Why? I'm, I'm Why? Why? Because I'm getting you prepared for the real world in case you go on stage and they don't work. And I could say, I told you so, because that's my favorite saying. <laughs> you. What? I know you do. I told you so all the time. Uh, right. You. It's kind of like I was asking because I, I saw people. This is what I was asking her for. I said, uh, nobody, can, there are six words that ruin um, a compliment. It doesn't matter how good or how good the compliment is. Because I was reading this online. And those six words that ruin any compliment are, I don't care what they say. If you say that in front of anything, it doesn't matter. I don't care what they say. You are gorgeous. But what did they say? The fuck did they say? I don't care what you're saying. You're just you. There was a whole them. And what about, you look beautiful for your age. Yeah, that's the other thing for your age, the caveat. You look, well, they always say to me, they'll go, you look good for your age. That's like saying you're really smart for a stupid person. Like it, it just <laughs> takes it all away. It's not good. But I said to you that and you said, is that the joke? Yeah. Yeah. She's right. I, you did. What is you right? Did. What do you think? What do you think, Jackie? What do you think of that joke? It's not your best. See? It's Okay. Who's asking you? I'm not asking anybody to rate it. 
I used to be able to, before the pandemic, just wander in whatever town I was in, wherever I was, to a, a comedy club, and I could sandwich that in the middle of whatever I was doing and see whether I could build upon it. You know, it starts with a, a concept, and then I build out from that. But I can't even bring concepts home anymore. I don't care what they say, Terry. You're a good wife. I don't care what everybody says. I think you're a good wife for well, your age. See, that's where- that's where you may be wrong. Was that a payoff? I think that was just a payoff. That was good. That, that was, was a, a good one. Well, that was more of a callback than a payoff. Yeah. See, people, I'm letting you in on the behind the scenes of how comedy works. And how marriages work. How is our marriage working? Uh, during the pandemic, it's been better than I thought it would be because I thought we'd be killing ourselves. But actually, we're doing pretty good. Well, apparently you're rude to me and I don't even know it. It's because I'm oblivious. <laughs> And it's, you know, when they say ignorance is bliss, I think I'm the poster boy for ignorance, apparently, because I had no and idea you know that you were rude. you know what Ludino says? What? Ignorance is bliss. I don't know what that means, but I'm happy. Ludino. Yes, Ludino. <laughs> he gave him, Ludino is a funny guy. He's, he's my opening. We should call him. You should him. have him on your show because you used to do a lot of pranks on him. He was so Ludino used to be my opening act. I'm going to call him. Do you, uh, while you're here, Terry, uh, uh, on, on, uh, other podcasts, uh, you know, we always talk about how Jackie talks about how um, we give you inappropriate words to ask people in public because you don't know what they are. There's usually sexual connotations or politically incorrect connotations. The one we talked about on other podcasts was taint. Do you have a, a word for us today before I hang up on you? 20 sex acts you were afraid to Google. 20 sex acts you were afraid to Google. What did you Google to get that? 20 sex uh, acts that scare me? What's a donkey pun? A, a donkey what? Oh, I know that. Why do you know that? Our daughter knows that. That's what bothers me. I don't know what it <laughs> Dustin is. Dustin knew it too. Dustin knew it too. I saw his face. Dustin, you know what it is? Tell my daughter and my wife what it is, Dustin. What is it? I, I, no, I, I know what it is. That. What? I, I'd rather, I, I feel uncomfortable during these things. Then, then you're going to do that. <laughs> or you're not supposed to. I don't know if I'm doing something wrong in the workplace, making you. And he, he forced me. What's it called? What is the word again, Terry? It's a, it's a donkey punch. I have the definition, donkey but punch. it seems like our daughter knows. So let her say it. What is the donkey punch, Jackie? And wait, when you're ladies having- and ge- ladies and gentlemen, I just want if they're just tuning in now, I'm so proud of my little girl and my little girl <laughs> is doing it's kind of like a spelling bee, but we're not worried about how spelling. We just worry about the definition and she's learning her big words now. Tell everybody the big word, Jackie. Donkey punch. Well, it's not it's kind of dangerous, so I don't suggest anyone tries this, but it's when you're having sex. I believe it's from behind and then they punch them in the head. Right? That's right. Okay. Yeah! <laughs> and, and you know what an ATM is? Pardon me? No. <laughs> an ATM. Um, Ask when, to mouth. Is she right? That's right. How do you know? Doesn't it bother you that our daughter has all the answers to this, Terry? Does it not bother you? Is this not uncomfortable that our daughter has all the answers? What about salad tossing? Okay, we know that. We know that. Stop I know it. that one. No, she knows them all. Stop it. Get off the phone. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 I hung up on her. This is not good. This is not. I don't. I'm just uncomfortable now. You know what? I turned off the podcast and I'm on it. <laughs> that is as much as maybe that was enjoyable or educational to uh, a listener or two, but to know, to hear your wife and your daughter talking about these these issues and the fact that They're you don't issues. even no stop it it's an issue for me that you know it <laughs> i mean I, I i don't want to offend anybody i hope i didn't offend anybody but i will tell you that i am offended i'm offended by what i don't know Assume that you're hiring an expert for your company. I know how many days go by where I go, we need more experts in this company. (laughs) But we need, I wouldn't know how to uh, like find those people. So you're going to need help in making a short list of quality candidates. Okay. So you need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need 
Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Okay, now you get your quality short lists of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Plus, Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and really, really easy. So to get started right now with free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Howie. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Howie. That's Indeed.com slash Howie. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Manscaped. All right. We interrupted our regular podcast programming with breaking news. Mm -hmm. Tell them the news. (laughs) This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped. Lawnmower 4.0 is launched. It's a pubic service announcement and news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Finally, this new trimmer was just released only moments ago. We are the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Can I tell you something? What? If you get Manscaped, I guarantee you, your girlfriend or significant other or whatever won't come up with the excuse every night that she has a headache. I'm Manscaped all over my body. Are you really? Well, look at my head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's Manscaped, isn't it? Yeah. No, but I do I do use the product. They sent they sent me the product and it's amazing. It really is. It's got this advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology. It it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineer to ensure your testes are safe as possible. You always want your testes to be safe. So you can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Howie at manscaped.com. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth and your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Howie at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Howie, H-O-W-I-E, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I'm sorry about, Jackie, I'm sorry about mentioning my balls and my pubes with you in the room. Let me call, she mentioned Lou Dinos. Lou Dinos was, he's a very funny comic who was my opening act when I moved out here. You remember Lou, right? Yeah. Let's see if he's around. I, I tortured him. He actually quit the business. A lot of people who worked with me ended up quitting the business. They did. Let's see if he's around. Hello? Lou? Yeah. Yeah, it's Howie. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. You're on the air now. Well, Howie Mandel? Yeah. And- first of all, let's be clear. This is who's calling me. This is taking time out of his busy day to call. Well, this is part of the busyness of the day. I'm doing a podcast with my daughter, Jackie. Jackie's on here, too. Hello, Jackie. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, my God. You look beautiful. You look beautiful. Where do you, you see, see me? Where do you see her? <laughs> I don't. I don't see her. Oh, you're just guessing? Yeah, I'm taking a wild stab in the dark because she is beautiful. Why wouldn't she look beautiful? Well, she's having a bit of a rough day. How are you, Howie? We haven't spoken in a while. How are you? You should see me. I'm beautiful. I'm I hear you're beautiful. Yeah, I hear I, you're beautiful. Did I, did I catch you at a bad time? No, not at all. I just uh, got out of the uh, uh, mobile station. I'm at the mobile station. Okay. Um, and I just got some gas. So, no, you didn't catch me at a bad what, time. A lot but, of people, you know, do you find a lot of people at the mobile station are doing what you're doing there? A lot of people are getting gas. It's almost like they followed me here. You've always been a leader. That's the thing about Lou Dinos. They were talking about, uh, why do we get into the subject of Lou Dinos? Because I was playing pranks. Is that why you, you mentioned? You were playing pranks on him. and he, Yeah. 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 So you, you confuse your pranks, Howie. Your, prank, your pranks have been brilliant and, and hilarious. But just to clarify, I'm the one that wore the dress. Okay. 
That's a that's a story that I'm not that proud of because I think it went too far. <laughs> Terry didn't talk to me. <laughs> you Terry didn't talk to you. You know who else didn't talk to you? You me. I didn't talk to you. I was so furious. I remember when I got into the hotel room, I took that dress off and and I just I just ripped it off my body and it was the ugliest material in the world. I can still remember how it feels. <laughs> And I took it off. Why does the material fit? <laughs> oh, because that, that was against my body for the whole time. And I took it off, and then I crumpled it up in a giant ball, and I threw it at the trash can, and it went right in like a perfect basket. I'll never forget that image of me tossing it there. And then, of course, my luggage doesn't arrive, so I'm in my underwear waiting for waiting for luggage to arrive something well, let's say that we didn't we didn't talk about this bit let me tell let, let, let's go back a little bit so okay you were my opening act this is in the 80s right right and um this was both of our our only income you know i was on i was on saint elsewhere but i wasn't making a lot of money yet but my big income was touring and your income was touring with me and we would tour all over the canada and the united states and yeah. uh what happened was we have, you got to know, Lou is one of the most funny, exuberant kind of, you have an exuberant kind of uh, uh, personality and that exuberance sometimes your humor. And I love that humor is sometimes because I have the same humor is trying to be obnoxious, right? Right. When right. other people don't know it. So we were That's going, right. we were going on a tour and it, it, the tour was going to be, we, I won't mention the name, but it was going to be sponsored by a big company, you know, and, and, um, you would call me every day and you'd go two weeks to the tour, two weeks to the tour. I, I can't was wait. So excited. Yeah. We were so excited. Two weeks to the tour. And I was on, I was on St. Elsewhere at the time and I would get a call in the middle of a, a scene and you would just go two weeks to the tour and, and hang up the phone. So I went, how can I, how can I fuck with Lou? So this is, so I'm going to, I made friends. I was friends with Mark Tinker, who was the executive producer of St. Elsewhere. That's and right. We came up and, and he got me to employ all the people that were on St. Elsewhere for this practical job. Oh. And I called Lou and I said, this is going to be devastating. This is where Terry got mad at me because this is all. And I said, uh, Lou, uh, the, uh, I don't think I can take you on the tour. And you went, what the fuck? And I said that, that who's ever sponsoring the tour doesn't want to pay for the travel of an opening act. They want me to hire an opening act in every town I go to. And you said- Which sounds real, right? It sounds real. No, nobody's saying that you're gullible. I would believe that too. Yeah. And, and right. you know, I, I would uh, believe that too, but you were devastated and you went like as a friend, you went, what the fuck am I gonna, this is what bothered Terry. What the fuck am I gonna do? You're telling me this two weeks. No, here's what I remember saying. I, 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 here's what I remember saying. I remember saying that if you're gonna save money on a flight because you're you're the they're not allowing you to have an opening lack, then I should get some of that money. I remember saying that. Yeah. And you said you immediately said no. And when you said no, I thought, this is serious. Yeah, no, no, it was serious. So I said that they're, they're not going to pay for you to go on the, on the, on the flights. And I just, it's off. And you were devastated because you said, listen, I'm a week out. It's not like I could book club dates. It's not like I could book any, I got rent. You know, this is my money. This is my money. This was going to be, we we're going to be on the road for six months. You know, this was more than a year's worth of uh, finance for me. And now a week out, seven days out, you're telling me you're pulling the rug out from underneath me. How the fuck can you do it? And I said, don't worry, Louie, I will, I'll, let me see if I can do something. You go, please. So you always have my back. You always, <laughs> I always have your back. But the, yeah. but, the, but the thing is, so I call him back. I'm going to skip a lot of the minutia and the phone calls back and forth, but you were devastated and you were worried about, you know, even making your rent or, or whatever. And along with everybody at St. Elsewhere, I said, there is, a, I call you back and I go, there is a solution, but I've said no to it. And you go, Howie, I, 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 whatever it takes, I need the money. I need to go. And I go, no, no, Lou, no, I'm not even, you go, just tell me what it is. Just tell me what. And I go, no, Lou, you are a friend. I'm not going to tell you. 
what it is. And I go, you're not going to do it. And I don't want you to do it. I think this is just wrong. And you go, tell me, tell me, and I'm going to do it. So I, this is what I came up with. I said that American Airlines, they found out that American Airlines is doing a couple pack. And in the couple pack, if you travel as the spouse of somebody else, they don't pay for another ticket. It's two travel for one, but you got to be a couple. And in order for that to work, because I only have guys, you're going to have to be so-and-so's wife. And you go, well, well, that's why, well, how do I do that? And I said, well, you know, if you want to do it and I'll, I got your back, I will pay for everything. You come into MTM where I do St. Elsewhere for a fitting. We will get you a dress. We will get you a wig. We will get you, you know, makeup, makeup, whatever. You came in dead. You go, what the fuck can I do? I can't, you know, how can I say no? I mean, this is a lot of money. This is a, a year's salary. What? Okay. Okay. And then you came in and the wardrobe department fitted you for a dress. They gave you a wig, which made me laugh more than anything else, even more than the dress, oh. because the wig they gave you was shorter than your own hair, and you didn't question it. It was like, uh, uh, it was, I made such an ugly broad. Oh, but you didn't even try. You didn't even, we didn't really shave you. You had a five o'clock shadow. They put eyeshadow on you. And I'll never forget that morning. That's the morning. Terry didn't talk to me for two weeks. You came to the house. And you're standing at the door. Lou Dinos is close to six feet tall. He's not built. There's nothing womanly <laughs> about this man. Um, he's wearing uh, a, a, a dress. He's wearing a wig. He's smoking a, a cigarette. And he goes, fuck, I feel so uncomfortable. This is so terrible. And Terry's behind me going, tell him, just let him put on his, I go, no, we just got to do that. I took his clothes. He gave me his bag, his luggage and his pants. And I put it in the cases, the road cases that we travel with. And those road cases were shipped on another plane. So he didn't have <laughs> anything with him, but the dress, the wig and everything. So, um, what happened? Like it was I do because it was it, because I was dealing with nine things at the same time. My wife goes, "This is not." I get why you think it's funny, Howie. It's at Lou's expense. He's such a sweet guy. But, but at that point, you were just so far into it; it just kept getting better and better every second. Well, for even you. though it's, she kept talking to me, and I see this six foot man <laughs> in a horrible dress, apparently made out of rough fabric. And a really short wig that's shorter than his, and a cigarette, and nothing else. You wore your sneakers and your socks, right? You know, and, and your I legs are hairy. It's like nothing. There was nothing. There was no question that you were a man, and it wasn't even cross dressing. It was just a man unhappy with how he was dressed that day. You know, and and um, we, were, we were going to Atlantic City. You remember that? I do Atlantic remember. City. So here's so here's the thing. So we get in the car. We go to the airport. You're smoking like a fiend. You're just mumbling on your breath. My wife is calling me and saying, you're a horrible person. You shouldn't be doing this. You're a horrible person. <laughs> point is, the point is that uh, we get to the airport and I get out of the car with you. And it's like, now I'm a little embarrassed because I'm with this person, you know, and <laughs> right, this person is right. not, it's, there's no definable column that you would fit into. You're definitely not a cross dresser, you weren't, there was something about, and you'd have to see the picture to see the essence. Like this wasn't somebody who was interested in dressing and he hated the way he looked. He didn't change his voice. I was on um, uh, St. Elsewhere at the time. So I get to the airport and uh, some people stop me and they ask me for my autograph and they, they, they start talking to me. And you figured, you know what? If I'm in this predicament, why not have a little bit of fun with it? So you walk over and you go, and you go, hi, everybody, like that. And I saw the, the terror in the people's eyes that were with me. They grabbed their kids by their clothes, ripped them away, and ran away. That's how terrifying this visual was. And I, I wanted to stay in character. I remember grabbing you by the dress and going, what the fuck are you doing? You go, I'm just trying to have fun with it. I'm just trying to, you know, I gotta, I gotta live with this. I go, do you understand what we're doing? Do you understand what we're doing here? You are getting a free ticket, which is worth maybe three or $4,000. Okay. You are not Louise. 
You are Lou. <laughs> this is fake. This is grand theft. You could, we could be in fucking prison because you want to be, you want to have fun with it. I did you a favor. I bought you a dress. I gave you a wig. I got my staff to put on makeup and don't, Fuck with me like this because we're gonna and, and I just remember you just went. I'm so sorry. I'm, I, I just I was just trying to have fun. This won't happen again. I didn't even think of that. Yes, we're stealing like five thousand dollars. I said you just you have to. You have and to. then you got into no wait wait wait. With, so with this the, is travel people. This with is the airline. Well, that's so I, I can go past the travel people. <laughs> I go up and I have a, a, a first class seat. I went first class and I said. And I don't know why I did this, but I said, you know, you're going to be in economy. I got him an economy seat. And um, now you're worried because like anybody would, you realized you wanted to go on this tour, but I put in your head that this is grand theft, that you're stealing $5,000 from an airline because you're not who you say you are. And this is way before <laughs> 9-11, so they don't do that. You could travel as Louise. And right. I remember telling you were going to go sit it was with Jim, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. Jim was my road manager at the time. And I told that's Jim, right. Jim couldn't believe it. And Jim has to say, you're his girlfriend. So Jim is sitting in economy and I put you in the seat in economy and I board the, you know, they let first class board first and I'm in the first class lounge. The reason I wanted to board fast, because I wanted to tell all the flight attendants and I told <laughs> all the flight attendants what was going on? And they're going, no fucking way. He believes you. He's going to travel on a dress. I go, you'll see, you'll see just, and help me, help me wind this up. And they, they're all giggling and everything. And, and what was funny is when you sit on a plane, as people are boarding, there's 200 people, you know, in your, you're in the front passing you either coming into the uh -huh. first class section or going to the back and all, all you can hear. Him. Well, no, you, you boarded for whatever reason, because I, I, I rang your bell a little bit. You didn't get on first. You got on last. You sat down and I said, listen, now he's nervous. And you know, you're, I don't think there's a, a more, um, sweethearted person that I've ever met in my life than Lou Dinos. And if oh, he, you're very no, but he really is. And, 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 uh, if he, when you point out to him that he may be doing something wrong or offending somebody or something illegal, there is nobody that's more, uh, what is the word? Like you're nervous about it. You want to do the right thing. You want to do that. Right. So remorseful. Yeah. So he's sitting there shaking, thinking I'm on a flight as a fake person wearing a dress we can go to prison for $5,000. I told you. I believe the whole thing, man. I believe the whole thing. So Jim, who's sitting next to you, I said, I'm going to make this really uncomfortable. I want you, when the flight attendants come in, I want you, you can't answer any questions. Just sit there quietly. Don't say anything. So um, we take off and the, and the flight attendant goes down, per my orders, goes down to their seat and says, I understand you two are traveling in the couple pack <laughs> you know, and you look up like and sweat. I'm looking through the curtain. Sweat is coming down your, your forehead and Jim's not answering. And you're looking at Jim, tell them, like, tell them she goes, I, I'm asking you, are you traveling with the couple pack? Is this one ticket for two? Jim wouldn't answer. And you look up with sweat coming down your thing and you go, Yes. It wasn't even good. She goes, pardon. She goes, pardon me. You go, yes, yes. This is my boyfriend. Yes. And then she says, can I see your tickets? And I saw Jim handed her a ticket. Your hand was shaking and you hand the ticket. And they say, well, and she says, if you're a couple, why do you have two different last names on this? Remember this is the eighties, right? And you look to Jim like, and I've never seen your eyes so angry. You look at Jim like, answer the fucking question. This is $5,000. One of us is going to end up in prison. Answer the fucking question. But Jim didn't answer the question. And you say, and I'll never forget, because you, your voice pierced through, and everybody is like focused on you. There's probably over two, 300 people in the plane, but everybody's listening to this. They go, why is your, the two last names on these tickets are different why is that if you're a couple? And you <laughs> waited for an eternity for Jim to answer. He didn't answer. And you go, I kept my maiden name. She goes, pardon me? You go, I kept my maiden name. <laughs> and, 
And you know, I knew, I knew one day that I would laugh at this. I knew that it would happen. She goes, well, uh, this looks a little weird to me. And she takes the two tickets. The flight attendant comes up to first and she goes, he's so nervous. And I took the ticket. You are (laughs) totally convinced now that you're going to prison. Now you walk up to the first class. So, um, you are devastated now. She took your ticket away. You figure we're trapped in this cylinder. We're, you know, 35,000 feet in the air. You are devastated. And it's like uh, you walk with such morose up to the front. I'm sitting in the aisle. Everybody in first class is staring. And you look down at me with almost a tear, like tearful kind of, uh, you look at me and you go, they got me. I go, pardon me? You go, I think the gig is up. I go, what? <laughs> they know. They know. What do they know? I think they know I'm not with Jim. <laughs> and everybody's just looking like, what the fuck is this? So I figured that's that's the end of the joke. So I go, oh. I go, Lou, it's a joke. You go, what's a joke? I go, they know. There's no such thing as the buddy pack. They, they know. I just, me and... <laughs> Tinker and everybody got you to wear that dress and you go, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, still, you weren't sure whether you should drop the voice. No, I go, it's a joke. And the person beside me starts laughing. I don't know if you remember this. You took I your wig, you, you took your wig, which was shorter than you pull it off. So your hair drapes down to your shoulders. <laughs> you know, you pull off the wig, you throw the wig at me and go, fuck you. You know, you grabbed the person I was sitting with. You grabbed their orange juice. You grabbed the orange juice. You threw the orange juice all over me and you go, fuck you. And you walk you, now. Now you've got your own hair. You've got a cigarette and you st- march back to your seat with your fucking dress on saying, fuck you, Howie. Fuck you. And and, and then <laughs> you, what was funny is I look through the uh, I look through the curtain and now you are kind of in, you, you've given yourself the project of explaining to everybody. It's not, it's not what you think. I'm with Howie Mandel. I'm not wearing the, he made me wear a dress because I thought it was like a two for one deal. And people are ignoring you. They don't even want to listen to you. They're, they're covering their kids' ears. No, it's not what you think. I don't dress like this. It's not the guy in the front made me dress and nobody's listening to you. Then I get a message from you. They go, you go, okay, I get it, Howie. It was funny. Where's my pants? Give me my pants. I go, well, your clothes and everything are in another flight coming in. And nothing was believable after that. Nothing was believable after that. I thought it was all part of a joke. Yeah. And you say, come on, give me my fucking pants. And I go, no, I don't have your pants. I didn't bring a set of pants. You go, I got to sit on a fucking five-hour flight wearing this dress and then I'm landing in the airport. I got to go through an air. Like, when am I going to get my pants? I go, when you get to the hotel, you get the pants. You were fuming at me. We land, yeah. we land in, Adla- well, we land in Fi- no, we land in Philadelphia. Oh, right. right. We, we land got in- to drive the limo. That's right. So there's a limo. You are so fucking mad. You won't say a thing to me. You also always carried a briefcase, right? It had your material and your stuff. That's right. Remember that? I'll never yep. forget. You go, fuck you. Where's the car? And I go at passenger pickup at the luggage thing. You take your case. You're running with your case. You're running because you don't want to spend any time in the airport. You don't have to pick up baggage because that's coming in on another flight. You run yep. through the airport full speed. We finally, you get in the car. You don't say a word to me. We get in the car. We drive to um, Atlantic City. In Atlantic City, we pull in the same time as two buses with old ladies that are going to that are gonna gamble. You get out of the car, you're wearing a dress. All the women are laughing. I think there were two women wearing a similar dress. You know, it was the, <laughs> it was the people that do the, the, slot, the, the slot machine. She goes, that dress, I like your dress better than mine. They're trying to be funny and you're going. <laughs> I go up to the VIP counter where everybody is. And the guy, it's taking time because there's like 200 ladies there. And you just lost it. And you go, give me my fucking room. And I, and, and, and I was afraid. I, was, I go up to VIP. I go, just give him the room. Give, give him the room. Give him the room. I, I, I think I went too far on a practical joke. Just give him the room. So the person, the VIP, hands you a key, right? You get into the, yeah. the whole lobby just stops as you, you run in your dress to the elevator bank. You press the doors. The doors open. You get into the elevator. The door closes. And then all action resumes again 
in the, in the lobby and you take off to the room. I didn't know what happened in the room. You told me what happened in the room. You right. took off the dress. You ripped up the dress a lot. You ripped it, right? You took it. You ripped Probably. it. Probably. Yeah, yeah. You ripped it into pieces, put it into a ball. What you remember is you made a perfect basket. That wouldn't be the part yes. that I would remember, <laughs> but you remember that you, that you put it in. Now you're sitting and you realize you got nothing else. You're sitting on your underpants, angry That's on right. the bed. The person That's downstairs right. who you shook up said, I'm sorry, Mr. Mandel, I was so nervous. I gave your friend the wrong room. Oh my God. I said, well, I don't want to tell him. You call him and tell him that he'll change rooms. Now you're sitting naked, just in underpants. You get a call. She, she goes, uh, Mr. Dinos, you're in the wrong room. We're going to switch room. And I could hear she's pulling the phone away from her ear. You're screaming. I'm not going to fucking move. I just want my fucking pants. Somebody get me my <laughs> pants. And I paid extra to keep you in that room. You didn't talk. You didn't talk to me for a week. My wife thought I was the meanest guy in the world. Well, you know that all these other things that happened to me seemed like it was the calculated part of this prank, right? All these other things were all part of it. The, the truth was they weren't, but they were just one on top of the other. But it, it was, uh, it was a really an, an amazing thing to go through. One thing that I tried to forget for many years, but I will say this, I will say this. <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, I was that weekend in Atlantic City, quite the ladies' man. <laughs> oh, you're, I think you're putting an S on something you don't need to. I think you were quite the lady man. <laughs> well, Dustin, no. our, Dustin, our producer here, said that, you know, I was writing, trying to write jokes earlier in the podcast, and he said they need a payoff. What he doesn't realize is how long and intensely I'm willing to work on a payoff. I knew this is the eighties. This is like 35. This is your genius. This is the payoff. This is the payoff. I said one day, you didn't know what I was talking about. I remember saying, you go, what the fuck are you doing? Why am I wearing a fucking dress? And I was trying to say to you in 35 years, I'm going to be doing a podcast. I need, I need some material. I need something to talk about. Go, what the fuck is a podcast? I just want my fucking pants. And I go, pants or a podcast? And a podcast is so much more important than pants. So this was the payoff. But this is your genius. If people want to understand where your genius comes from, this is just an illustration of how funny you are. It happened to me, right? So I was part of it. But if it was happening to somebody else, I would have been dying. I would have absolutely been dying. And and this is not one thing that you've done. No. This is uh, uh, years and years of coming up with these ideas that Should are just tell- brilliantly funny. And this one is just another illustration of it. Uh, uh, and, and unfortunately, it happened to me. But fortunately, it happened to me because it's a... Uh, an interesting memory to have. But you know what? You want to know the truth? I don't have the nerve today at this age and now. Like, I still love practical jokes, and we do, uh, our callers give us numbers. Our our, our listeners give us numbers, and I can call, and I do prank calls, and they give us challenges. But I don't have the, the, whatever that took to drag things on for like a week or two. The one... uh, It's too bad, because they're just brilliant. And I think the reason why you don't is because of the result of this one. Of, yeah, of the, yeah, you know, we uh, our friendship really suffered. I uh, the the last one I did, and I I lost a couple of friends. You know, uh, John Panette, who is a great comic, didn't talk yeah. to me at the end of his life um, because well, uh... he fell asleep, and I painted his no his toes black. Um, <laughs> And then, and he couldn't get the, the black off his toes and he liked to swim and we got thrown out of a, a hotel pool because they thought he had gangrene and he didn't. I painted his toes. Uh, but it's, this is the thing about, you know, look, uh, I've always said this. You're, you're a genius thank when you. it comes to comedy. See, and this is the thing about being that. And not everybody, nobody really understands how funny Howie Mandel is. I don't know anybody, and I'm saying this because I think it's time to say this. I don't know anybody who is funnier than you and is funnier than you when you want to be. I mean, so this is what happens when you have that tendency. When you have that ability to create something like this that's multi-layered, multi-faceted, and and you're going to sometimes do something that really disturbs people. (laughs) Well, especially nowadays, right? It's just going to happen. Nowadays, you can't say anything. It, it, it bothers me. 
that you can't say anything. The last thing we need to do is put you on a leash from humor. Oh, I am uh, on a leash. Know- I'm on a leash. Like, even now, telling this story, Jackie, like, I was worried about how I refer to him in a dress. I don't know what the... You know, it's I don't want I want to, I want to, you know, and, and uh, you should know, uh, you know, I respect everybody's, uh, lot in life and who they are and what they need to do and their truth and, and all that. But, you know, you could get in trouble for, you know, you know, the, the, the thing that made, made you hilarious and made anybody funny is the fact that we had the freedom think something is funny and then to say it, not to question whether it had any kind of, uh, uh, bad intentions or, or hurt somebody. We never cared about that. Well, I think at that time, you know, the good, the veil, the cloak of, of freedom was, it's a joke. You know, you can't, you can't say that anymore. In fact, you can get fired for the joke. You know, and that's it, what's tough. How do you deal with it? How are you dealing with it? Because I've you act- are sensing yourself constantly. Right. And I said, I've actually said this uh, to my wife recently. I'm considering leaving professional stand-up comedy. You know, oh. I would still go on stage and do things, but I don't know that I'm, I'm considering it because everything that I love about the art form is kind of being kicked in the nuts right now. It is, you know, and it's what I loved and I am. And, and, you know, humor always comes out of somebody's pain, even if it's a, That's fake, right. even if it's a fake pain. So it always comes from a, a dark place, a, truth, a, a real true place, a, yeah. a real true place. That's why I loved practical jokes. Cause it's not even a joke. It's really happening. That'd be a funny story. Even if it was fake. Some people might think that he's totally fucked up, but you think that he's brilliant and funny. And I think a lot of people do, Jackie. I don't think it's just me. No, there's 17. We have 17, your, we have 17 uh, <laughs> listeners no, to this podcast. I've been exposed to your father for many, many years. And from the day I met him, I never knew anybody funnier. I met, I'm, I met Lou Dinos April 19th, 1977. That's the day I walked into Yuck Yucks. And that's the day I went on stage for the first time. Lou Dinos, right. Lou Dinos was there the very first time I did stand up. Do you remember comedy. your opening joke? Was you went on stage with your father's tuxedo jacket. Oh, that was that was the that's not that wasn't the first night. That's when oh, I when I came back. I didn't have anything the first night, but I yeah, the first night was the tux the first week. And your parents were in the audience. That my parents didn't come the first night, so that was okay. maybe two weeks in or a week in. All right. And what did but I your say? Your first joke that night, you went on stage with your father's tuxedo jacket, and you said, "My, you were not the the, the energetic all over the place Howie that you became." And you said, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, my, my parents are in the audience. Mom, Dad, I'm a heroin addict." <laughs> did I get that response? <laughs> you got a big laugh. That's not hilarious. A, listen, you're going to help us close out this podcast. This has been, right. this is the end of the podcast. I, I'd like to end on uh, Lou just telling the world how brilliant I am. I will say on behalf of my daughter, uh, Jacqueline Schultz. You're, but, but it's not just me. You, people have to understand. It's not just me. It's, it doesn't matter. As long as one uh, person thinks you're a genius, that's all it takes. And from, well, one, from a person who has one person that thinks they're a genius, this has been Howie Mandel Does Stuff with my lovely daughter, Jacqueline Schultz. You've uh, been great to me, Howie, and you have been hilarious your whole life. And, and uh, that, if I can say anything on this podcast, is that they are lucky to be listening to you. Thank you. And keep listening. We didn't, uh, we ran out of time today, but we have, I, I've taken your, our listeners uh, through Instagram Live and through uh, um, a TikTok and that. I've gotten a bunch, of, we ran out of time, but on the next one, I'm going to do prank calls. I'll do your prank calls. I'll do your challenges. I'm reading them. I see them. They're coming in in real time. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Until next time, Jacqueline, you close it out. You know what to tell us. Tell them. All right. Wait. Wait, what am I saying? You tell them to follow us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Okay, Okay. you don't want to? I already did. Goodbye.